Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho, episode 180. Oh my goodness, 180 episodes. Thank you for joining us, and thanks to the Insane Clown Posse for joining us today. Shaggy Too Dope and Violent J not only are one of the biggest rap groups of our generation, they also have their own wrestling promotion, Juggalo Championship Wrestling. They've had runs in the WWE, in WCW, in TNA. They've taken bumps. They've worked matches. They built their own ring in their backyard when they were nine years old. They've been taking bumps ever since. It's also about the same time they started making music and rapping. And, man, they have got some amazing stories about both. They're just like me. They play music and they wrestle. WWE locker room stories involving The Undertaker. WCW stories about Eric Bischoff and doing a moonsault. And wait until you hear who turned up for ICP's own Legends promotion. We're talking about the Juggalos, the Gathering, how pro wrestling has factored into the Detroit rap music scene and really inspired ICP's whole music career. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. The People's Podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom is here. Let's go for a ride with the insane clown posse is here. Before we get to the ICP, I'm going to tell you all about my experience at Night of the Champions, how it went down, what happened, what the future plans are, all that stuff coming up here on Talk is Jericho. But before we get rolling, today's episode being supported by Burger King. All right, right now at Burger King, get the new extra-long jalapeno cheese battle gout. Feel the flame with two all-beef patties stacked with spicy jalapeno peppers, now part of the two-for-five-dollar deal. Only at Burger King, limited time only, restrictions do apply. Okay, talking about cheeseburgers is funny. Uh, The other day I was watching Ring of Honor, and I saw this guy come on screen. Super skinny, probably weighed, I don't know, a, a buck 40, maybe, and he was called Cheeseburger. Did some research, talked to a couple of my friends that work in uh, in Ring of Honor, and they told me they called him Cheeseburger because when he showed up for wrestling school, they said this guy is so small, he should eat some cheeseburgers. <laughs> that became his wrestling name. And I just love this guy. In the classic, uh, the, the classic tale of the small, small guy, whether you're talking about Colin Delaney or whether you're talking about Spike Dudley or any of those type of guys, I just love him because his name is Cheeseburger. There you go. Didn't know anything about him. Didn't even see him. I just said I love Cheeseburger. I posted it on my site that Cheeseburger is my new favorite wrestler. Ring of Honor sent me a Cheeseburger shirt, which I wore on Instagram. My children love Cheeseburger. I think they just love the concept of of a wrestler called Cheeseburger, as do I. 
Big props for Cheeseburger. Just goes to show it doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are. You too can follow your dreams and make it big in anything that you choose to do. Speaking of big, okay, so Night of Champions pay-per-view a few days ago, and I was the guest partner for Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose to face the Wyatt family. And, man, it was a great match. Just we really, really had a good time with that. Everybody worked hard. That Braun Strowman, man, he's huge. He's massive. He's super, super green, but he's not stupid. He's uh, he's got some intelligence and he's a good guy. He knows how green he is. He listens. And man, we put on a good little show there. Uh, How did that come to be? Well, I got a call about two or three weeks prior asking me if I was available to do United Champions. Uh, It was Ash the Fish Expert's birthday party on Saturday. So Sunday is usually the recovery day. People stay over at our house. So it's not like I'm not available, but I'm not going to be leaving the house for no for no apparent reason. So I said, it depends. What do you want me to do? And they said, well, we want you to be the guest uh, the guest partner for the United Champions. And I said, well, that also depends on where are we going with it. Always want to know what the story is. Had a couple meetings back and forth about what I want to do, where I want to go with it. Uh, the powers that be agreed with me, and we were on. Bingo, bango, bongo. So um, I decided that I could... Have to miss the day after Ash the Fish Experts party, which is fine. They all played football and had fun and played family stuff with my dad, who was in town, the babyface assassin Ted Irvin, and a lot of cool people were around. But that's the price you got to pay when you got to make the donuts and keep your family uh, keep your family supported. So I went to Houston. I flew in, got in at about two o'clock, and then I just kind of hung around in the airport because I didn't need to be at the arena till about four. And when I got there. I was going to be hidden away, sequestered. So I just hung out in the airport until about, I said like 4 o'clock, had something to eat, sat down and read a book, just kind of wandered around because I didn't want to go down to baggage claim because sometimes fans wait down there. I didn't want anybody to see me. I only had carry-on bags. So I waited until 4 o'clock. Then I had the guy, I had a driver come get me, had him pick me up at the departure drop-off so that way I could bypass the baggage claim altogether. Got into this unmarked car and drove all the way down to the arena in Houston, which I'm not sure what the name of it is. I forgot, but I know it's the same arena that I worked, uh, the same arena that I, that I saw Rush in earlier this year, which was cool. So I went down to the uh, to the to the show, and as we're driving on the corner, you get to the area where all the fans are waiting. I have to go down into the floor of the car, kind of hide my face, go down the rampway. Uh, Mark Carano's waiting for me. I get out. He grabs my bag. They take me straight into this uh, room, like a, like a, a side dressing room, which is great because usually you have to hide on the bus when you're hiding. You know, there's like some there's a bunch of buses down there, and, um, and this is probably I think this is the fourth or fifth time I've been like the hidden guest. I'm trying to think about it. When we did the original Y2J appearance back in 1999, I wasn't hiding. I was hanging around all day, but it was a different world back then. There was no real social media to stooge off. Then I came back in 2007, and I was going to hide, but then they decided they wanted me there earlier, so that's when I gave the torchbearer the clothesline, so that was kind of hidden, but not really. I showed up there backstage beforehand. Then there was the 2012, was it 2012 when I came back? Yeah, 2012 when I came back for the end of the world. That time I hid in a, in, in, in a bus until it was time for me to come out and make my appearance. Then I hid in Phoenix for the Royal Rumble, which was the best one. That was my favorite. I hid there all day long. Then I hid again last year when 
Uh, Miz came out as the big surprise. Then I came out and supplanted Miz, and then I nailed Miz, and then the Wyatts attacked me. That was another time that I was hiding, and then yesterday I was hiding as well. Hiding in a room with Kane, so at least I had Kane with me. We got a chance to shoot the breeze and hang out for a bit. Then um, Jamie Noble, who was working as the producer in the match, came in. We discussed things together, figured out a few ideas. Then the other guys came in, the Wyatt family and, 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 um, and uh, Ambrose and Roman. And we put together the match and had some pretty cool things in there, pretty cool ideas and discussed certain things. And I'm not going to divulge all of that because not everything, uh, you guys don't need to know everything, you know. And it's funny because when you, when you watch back today and read the Twitter, and it's like Jericho tagged in. On, he tagged in on Reigns and lost the match for the, for the people. Why would you do that? And then Jericho walks out and gives Ambrose a shove and just keeps walking. Why would you do that? Seeds planted seeds planted okay storytelling that's what we do that's what i do it's the only reason why i'll come back for tv is for storylines if not i'm not going to do it i love doing the the summer tours the fall tours just working the live events i can do that until the day i want to retire trust me but if something catches my eye and something catches the office's eye and we decide to go for it you go for storytelling so yes I'm sure a lot of people were disappointed that I wasn't on Raw the following night. Nor will I be on Raw anytime in the near future. Got a lot of, a lot of stuff coming up, okay? I still got a few shows left here uh, on, the, on the WWE Fall Tour. Got a lot of shows left, actually. This weekend in Toronto, Rochester, and Syracuse. Then I got Trenton and Madison Square Garden. Then I got three shows in Saudi Arabia. Then I got three shows in Mexico. Then I got the Kiss Cruise. Then I got three and a half weeks overseas with Fozzie. I'm booked up. But but I'll tell you this. If you watched the match at Night of the Champions and had a lot of questions to ask, well, maybe those questions will get answered. Maybe. Or maybe I'll never be back on TV again. Maybe it was just a one-shot deal so Jericho can come back and job to the new guys. Because that's all Jericho does, says a lot of people. Those of you who say that don't know shit. Okay? Storytelling. That's what we do. That's what we do here in the WWE. That's what we do here on Talk is Jericho. And to divulge the entire story to you right, right now, it wouldn't be very funny, right? It wouldn't be very good. It wouldn't be very fun. So maybe, yeah, maybe that was just a one-shot deal. Maybe it was some storytelling. And I think that, uh, that you, those of you who know me will know which one of those answers is true. But you're going to have to wait because nothing happens quickly in the world of Chris Jericho. I could be back on Raw next week. You never know. Or I might not be back on Raw again. Not trying to string you along. Not trying to uh, work you guys. Just giving you all the information that I choose to give you right now. Knowing that uh, stories are how, how we work around here. And, and, and how, how things go. And as far as Night of the Champions was. You know, I'm not doing pay-per-view reviews of, of, of shows anymore. Because I find that everyone else does them. And I don't really get a kick out of it. But I was there yesterday. I loved the pay-per-view. I think uh, I give congratulations and props to Nikki Bella for doing a good job as the heel champion, longest-running champion in D Divas history. Props to Charlotte for coming out and winning. She did a great job. I think New Day is by far one of my favorite acts on the roster right now. Always good to see the Dudleys back. I think the uh, Ascension with Cody, uh, sorry, sorry, with Stardust is an excellent mix. I even like the Lucha Dragons with uh, Adrian Neville. 
I think John Cena, it still makes me laugh when people go that John Cena sucks. Still don't think John Cena can wrestle. I haven't seen him have a bad match in probably 10 years. His match with Rollins was incredible. Sting worked his ass off. Unfortunately, got hurt. Hopefully, he's feeling better now. I think our six-man was a blast. The, the reaction. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. So, so anyway, so, so we go through the match, and then I'm waiting there, and then as soon as the girls' match is over, they take me kind of through the hallway, and I walk past all my friends, and like, hey, man, what's going on? Well, you Jericho, you're here. I can't believe it. And go into the gorilla, say hi to, uh, to Vince, and say hi to Triple H and Arn Anderson and everybody else. And then everyone goes to the ring. And everyone's waiting who's going to come out. And then that little goofball got in the ring. Some fan got in the ring. And you know what, dude? He's lucky I wasn't in there. I would have knocked his block off. I'll say it before. I'll say it again. Do not get into the ring as a fan. It's not funny. It's not something that's going to get you over. And we do have the right. This has been told to us by the police to kick your fucking ass if you get in the ring. A lot of guys don't. I do. And there's nothing you can say. It's like breaking into our house at 3.30 in the morning. If you break into my house, I can hit in the face right with a baseball bat and nothing happens to me. So that's the same thing that happens. If you think you're being cute and want to get in the ring, remember what can happen. We have carte blanche. We're 007s. We can do whatever we want. Some guys will be nicer about it. Some guys won't, but stay the hell out of the ring. It's not funny. It's not cool. It's not safe. It's not fair to the rest of the people watching the show. It's stupid. It's unthought out. It's cowardly. And it's unacceptable. So don't do it. Anyways, so then the lights go down. The countdown starts. People start cheering. Out comes Jericho. Light a jacket. And, you know, you, you could be a jerk and say it was the greatest pop ever. It was a great pop. It was huge. You know, was it Road Warrior pop worthy? I don't know. Steve Austin said it was. He texted me and said it was Road Warrior pop worthy, which is an old joke from uh, from the old days where the Road Warriors would always brag about how big their pops were. So it became a Road Warrior pop if you got a good pop. But it was great to be out there. The crowd was just chanting Y2J, Y2J. Some great little spots in there. I love working with the big guy, Braun Strowman. Obviously, Luke Harper, one of my favorites. I love Wyatt as well. Great little match. Crowd cheering, crowd going nuts, and then at the end, kind of uh, unsure what to do when I bumped Ambrose and walked out. And like I said, stories are stories. They all start somewhere, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Mama always said you never know what you're going to get from the box of chocolates, and that's probably the worst. I was going to say the worst Ferris Bueller imitation ever. <laughs> if it was a Ferris Bueller imitation, it would be really shitty. It's actually a Forrest Gump. All right, speaking of Forrest Gump, worst segue ever, Insane Clown Posse are here. I don't think Forrest Gump ever listened to ICP in his life, but he should have because Shaggy Too Dope and Violent J are great guys. They've got amazing stories to tell, very unique. They did things their own way, which is how I like it. I got a special invite to hang out at the Lotus Pod, their studio and headquarters for everything ICP and Psychopathic Records in the outskirts of Detroit. Uh, and we had a great conversation about wrestling, music, all of this stuff coming up. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, here uh, at the studio, 
the home of the insane clown posse. The infamous yeah. Lotus Pod. The Lotus Pod? Is that yes, what we sir. call it? That's what we call it. Is this studio. like your studio is in here? Is this kind of like the headquarters for Psychopath Records, too? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this is so funny. We were just talking as I was setting up this rig about how we've been in the same circles for such a long time, but never have actually met face to face. And uh, it's like I, you know, I feel like I've, I know you guys because you guys have been we've been following each other for I mean, the last fifteen years or so, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know, wherever I was, you guys just came right afterwards. Yeah, we just missed each other or before, right? Yeah, one or the other. Yeah, you guys were working in, in ECW for a while. Yeah. Guys worked in WCW for a while. Yeah, first okay. WWE, then then when you were in WCW, we were in WWE, then we switched. Yeah, we actually worked in WWF. What, what did you do before. in WWF? We were uh, with the oddities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was it was cool shit for us, you know, because like you know we we were like we're in WWF, this is great, yeah. you know, but you know the gimmick was you know well that when that the oddities was it was uh, Kurgan Kurgan and uh, it was like John a giant Tana. Silva yeah. Golga Gold that was his name Gold was he Gold it was John Tenta yeah. oh he was Gold yeah. and then yeah. they had, they had a Cartman doll or something yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Luna Vachon Luna and, Vachon yeah. and actually my good friend Don Callis was like the manager the jackal. Wasn't he the, the he manager? He wasn't there when we were Okay, there. he was gone no, at that point. Yeah. yeah. But then we turned on the oddities and joined the Headbangers. Okay. Yeah. So how did that come into play? How did you end up in the WWF? Well, they called us and wanted a song for the uh, sound, uh, ring, ring music, music for the oddities. Yeah. Oh, okay. And for, for one of the, when they were putting albums out of, uh, of, of uh, the ring music. Of the superstars yeah, we music. We got the yeah. platinum record around here somewhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. That record, yeah. yeah. And um, so we said, we said, yeah, but we want to be involved, you know? Right. And we said, we wrestle. And they had no idea right. that we were actually independent wrestlers right. before. They didn't know we knew how know. to work, you know? Right, right. And, and they that, were like, send us a tape, you know? So we, <laughs> so we sent the tape. Then next thing you know, they flew us to, um, uh, to Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. And then we got in there with... Uh, Tommy Pritchard. Or, yeah, know, was it Tom or yeah, Bruce? It was Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom yeah, Pritchard. Tom was training. Tom Pritchard, yeah. Got in the ring with him, and they videotaped it, and we did a bunch of stuff. They did a match. Yeah, we did a match and with we were, each we were, other. We were just like, we don't even want money for the song. We just want to... You just want to be on right, the show. We just want to, yeah, we want to be out there, you know. <laughs> so we started out at, at uh, SummerSlam at Madison Square Garden, which was just what off the. That's hook. your start. Yeah, yeah that's they didn't. They didn't have us working then. We just came out to the ring with them, you know, and then we didn't interfere with you know like managers do, you know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, but, so we weren't actually like involved like in the ring angles. You well, know? we got to trip his foot that right. Night. Yeah, yeah, but we weren't actually <laughs> in the ring, you know. And, and then we said we want to keep going, so we just jumped on the tour right there. So I mean, because and, and just as a little bit of a backstory, as we were talking, you guys are a lot. There's there's only three of us that have done uh, at the highest level of, of wrestling and music. You know, you guys, myself, and then now Billy Corgan doing the TNA thing, booking. Right. He's kind of like he's made it to the to the top of yeah. that as well. But you guys started before there was an insane clown posse as wrestlers. Is that correct? Yeah, but, right. but the thing about Billy Corgan, too, he's not actually in the he's ring. He's not in the ring, bumps, right. He's, like, behind know? the scenes. Right, yeah. So there's a other, whole difference. To- <laughs> sure there is. Other than, so other than, than the, us, it's, it's, it's Y2J and ICP. That's there you right. go. And that's about all I can really yeah, you think got, of. You got, you got the truth, too, you know, but he's, truth, he's, right. he's, he's raps, getting started. He's not, you know, you know, I know Jeff Hardy plays some music, yeah. too, but you're talking about, you know, right, actually sell records, right, working in Madison Square Garden. That's a wrestling gang. But you guys started 
started as as wrestlers. Yeah. When you were growing up, this is what you wanted to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. All wrestling was our first dream. We're backyard up. wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? Since we were like, I was like eight. You know, we man, I wish I had a picture of it. We had like. I don't even know how, to this day, I have no idea how we built our ring in our backyard. <laughs> it was just blood, sweat, and tears. We found railroad ties and pounded them in with rocks. Yeah, the big railroad uh, wooden stakes <laughs> and pounded yeah, them in. And uh, drilled holes for uh, hoes. Everything was garbage picked, you know, of course. And, like, you know, they found hoes and just pulled it mad tight. That's Garden hoes. That's how that's deep, the ropes. Ropes. Right, that's yeah. how deep the, the railroad ties were so we could actually pull the the garden hose tight enough where it didn't even bow in or nothing, you know, and then found some carpet to put down, you know. So that you yeah, actually made your own ring. Yeah, you yeah. Could go to the you top could actually rope. go to the top rope and everything. Yeah, and then we found cool. a big roll, this big industrial roll of uh, of tape, and it had, like, little Red Wing logos on it, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And we just, like, used that for turnbuckles. We just, like, taped it up, you know what I'm saying? So we had turnbuckles. We had the whole nines, man. It was great. <laughs> and we, this is when you guys were just kids. Yeah, I, we I was, did it for years, Yeah, though. I was serious, probably, like, nine, we ten years old. We did it until we were, like, 17. <laughs> right. We were those weirdos. <laughs> until we, <laughs> right, until right. we pretty much did the backyard thing until we jumped into the independence, you know? We, we uh... So you were never actually officially trained. You guys were just learning um, as kids just by watching what you, what you saw on he, TV. He was trained. I wasn't really – I was never actually trained. He, but, but Jay had some training. He had a little okay. bit of training. Yeah, a little gotcha. bit of training. We did some stuff with, believe it or not, Al Costello, who was working as a security guard. Was he one of the kangaroos? Yeah. Okay. Fabulous kangaroos. Kangaroos, yeah. And, is this um, in Detroit? This is in okay. Detroit, yeah. And uh, – and then um, he he we we did we used to go down and see him every day, and uh, he would take us into this room at the at the building where um, he was a security guard at, and there was it was just an empty room. There was no furniture, and we would get on the floor, and he would show us things, and, and you know we did that every day. We take the bus downtown and do that every day and go see him, and um, and and uh, you know the first show we were actually on, um, believe it or not, the main event was the Sheik versus Bobo Brazil, the original Sheik. And this is like not like 1975. This no. is like 1990. This is 1991. <laughs> so Sheik's probably like 80 or That's something, right? right. Yeah. They were so old that uh, Bobo Brazil had uh, two guys walking him to the ring. Me? I'm not kidding. They right, were walking him to the, the ring. Wow. And then when he got in the ring, he, he just leaned in the corner and held himself up in the corner. And Sheik would come over to him, and they do the the deal. And um, Bobo never mo- like moved across the ring; he just stayed in the corner the whole time. Wow! And that was the match. That was the match. But it was still the Sheik versus Bobo Brazil, you yeah. know. And people were tripping to see it, you know. And I can always say, oh, my first match was, you know, the main event was Sheik versus Bobo Brazil, <laughs> and uh, you know, make it sound like it was back in the old Kobo days, <laughs> right? You know, in reality, they were both like, you know, real old. But it was them. Yeah, it and was it was them. awesome. And um, you know, so I was sad. Around then at that point, yes, that was Sabu, he yeah. was Elephant Boy, yeah. Sabu the Elephant Boy. That's what he went by. His yeah. First name, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, name. and also who started on? Um, it was either their it was either their first match or their first year wrestling. I don't remember, but we made friends that day. Was Rob Van Dam, mm. and he was in a tag team with a guy named Dango, and and they were the uh, uh, something like the the U.S. 
express some typical yeah, one. I, and I remember, like, you know, just like, you know, like uh, be on the same like cards as uh, uh, Rhino, you know, mm-hmm. back then when he was Rhino Richards, you know. All and, the Detroit guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, and I actually started out as, as his manager. Okay. You know, because I was just, I was like 16. I was like 100, like You're a skinnier pounds, guy. Yeah. You know Shaggy Tito, right, skinnier yeah. guy. Violent J's the bigger right, guy. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is way before that. You yeah, okay. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I was just like a skinny guy. I was like, man, I'll be your manager. You know, I ain't trying to get in there and So what was your broken. wrestling name? Uh, I didn't have one as a manager. Just but, manager. But when we first started wrestling, actually, believe it or not, it was uh, um, uh, um, when we were doing our backyard wrestler, I had two gimmicks. I had the White Tiger, which was a mask wrestler, you know, made yeah. a sweet mask out of a T-shirt and all that <laughs> good course. stuff, you know. Yeah, right. And then uh, and, uh, the Rhino. Oh, okay. Somehow, yeah, we which had use, went no coalition with coalition. You couldn't use that one anymore whatsoever. once it showed up. Right? Well, no, because I never, like, did that, like, you know, on a, on a bigger thing or whatever. Then later on, like, when we started doing uh, independence for uh, Malcolm Monroe and stuff uh, locally, uh, I was the sewer dweller. The sewer dweller. Yeah. How about you, Jay? I was Corporal Daryl Daniels. My brother was in uh, Desert Storm, and he, okay. he he would send home like uh, all the fatigues, all fatigues and BDUs and everything. And I would wear the army gear, gear. and I was Corporal Daryl Daniels, even though I had a fresh mullet and everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I, I was, and I would yell, "Salute the corporal!" Salute the corporal. I, I like you know. how you didn't go too high. Like you didn't want to be the colonel or the general. I'm going to be the yeah, corporal. The I'll corporal. start. I'll start slow. I didn't know. I thought out. the corporal was high. I thought. That, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the, the way it was. That's that's know, like going to the ring as, like, as, as a yellow belt in karate. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the yellow belt. I'm going to give you a first <laughs> shot to that. So you guys are going to the ring, and the Sheik is there, and Sabu is there. So you guys are actually working you know, on the independent circuit in Detroit because Michigan was a fairly healthy independent oh, yeah, scene at that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, but the thing, with, the, the thing that was different about back then, you know, with the exception, with the except, exception of Van Dam, Dango, and Sabu, everybody was old. Oh, like right. back in the day, you know, when, oh, we, yeah. when oh, we started, shape, yeah. yeah, when we started and we, and, and then I remember uh, after we did that first show with the Sheik and, and Bobo, Al Snow was there and, and he booked us for a show in Lima, Ohio. And it went from there. We just started getting bookings from there, you know, and every show we went to all the dressing room was old everybody was old you know it's not like today where it's a bunch of young guys high yeah, and, and, and it wasn't like you know we we're super young so it seemed like everybody was old yeah. they actually were old, old. <laughs> yeah they, right. were they old. actually were like 40s 50s right. 60s it was old fat guys everywhere you know and and they you know what i mean but you know what's funny i started in 1990 in calgary and it was it was the same thing there was a lot of older guys there actually the guy who was the boss was a guy called bulldog bob brown probably 58 59 years old old fat guy crew cut and just would screw with you the whole time you know it was the same vibe i think anywhere you were because there wasn't that influx of young guys wanting to be wrestlers maybe at that point in time i don't know and you go see a a independent show today it's all young guys. yes yeah yeah yeah. it's all young smaller guys yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. bowflex guys yeah (laughs) yeah that's right that's That's right so what what finally uh led you to stop wrestling because we kept wrestling, we got more and more serious into wrestling. At the same time, we started doing music, and uh, music just took off for us much, much faster than mm-hmm. wrestling. You know what I mean? And and it was, it and was we started making money. We started making <laughs> money. There's doing the music, difference, you know. Yeah. And we had way more success in music than we were having in wrestling, you know. So what what happened was uh, 
we stopped wrestling independently because um, this is back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, the we used to 90s. never want to be seen without the face paint. Mm. It's impossible nowadays. Right, internet. Right. You know, this is pre-internet yeah, days. You know? right. Sure, it's like Kiss in the 70s. Right. You could do it. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now. So, you know, we, we didn't want to ever be seen without the face paint. And what happened was... Uh, fans of our music started showing up at our wrestling shows. Oh, they were hearing that we were on these shows. So they were showing up with cameras and stuff, taking pictures of us wrestling. We'd be wrestling each other, you know, or stuff like that. And We had and, some super matches, man. Against <laughs> yeah. each other? Oh, yeah, because yeah. we knew each other inside and out, you know right. what I'm saying? So this but, is still Corporal Daryl Daniels? I became Hector Hatchet. <laughs> of course. And then who were you? I, that's when I was a sewer dweller. Oh, the sewer dweller yeah. versus Hector Hatchet. Yeah. Sounds like a good uh, you know high school gym main event. <laughs> we used right? to tear it up. There's some stuff on YouTube. Hector what kind of Hatchet. stuff were you guys doing? Uh, oh there th- th- was like, totally ECW influence, you know, bashing chairs. But, like, you know what I'm saying? But it was still, like, some good wrestling mm-hmm. in there on top of, like, you know. It was borderline hardcore. It wasn't, like, to the point of barbed wire thumbtack shit yet. You but know? that was all new at that point. Oh, time, yeah. Too. You it talk was, about the mid-90s. I mean, like, that was, like, the raw attitude. Yeah. Days, you know, you know I, I, I started in FMW in 91. That's when I first started seeing, like, you know, the the no rope barbed wire, the, uh, blow up mines, yeah, death, yeah. Mo- death mm-hmm. matches and all this yeah. stuff. And then that kind of got transferred over to ECW and then kind of became more of the yeah. normal thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, that's when it first be- started getting hot in Detroit a little bit. You know, like they'd have like the hardcore wrestlers like uh, uh, Pondo and Ian Rotten come in. And oh, yeah, yeah. Madman Pondo. And, and shit, you know. And when, right. we, when we made a little bit of money uh, in music, you know, one of the first things we bought was a wrestling ring. A real know? one. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a warehouse and we had a ring in it and we'd get in there every day and, and re- you know, work out in it every day. We'd have an hour-long match yeah, every, every day. day just just on your own? Just, yeah, yeah, just, just, just for the practice. Just, right, just, just, just going and going and going and for the day. exercise. So right. when we were having these matches... Uh, for a promoter named Malcolm Monroe, and his promotion was called Insane Championship Wrestling, of course, influenced by ECW. <laughs> you know, uh, we were tearing it up. We were going in there, and, you know, we were in top shape, and we were just tearing it up. But we had to stop, you know, because Juggalos were showing up, snapping pictures. But what what, right what we did do is we, we started doing every other week, we would do uh, – we would do – our own shit, uh, NW or NAW, National All Star Wrestling, which we brought back. That was our our, our division when, when we were little kids back okay. there wrestling. So we brought it back once we had a wrestling ring in and, a warehouse, right? So we'd, we'd have invite, of beer, and we'd invite, invite all our and friends, you know, get a big party. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And we'd have we'd a whole show full on card, you know, as professionals we could do. We had cage matches, all that stuff, you know. And uh, so, like, for a time there, we'd be like, it'd be like one week wrestle for Malcolm, next week do our thing. Next week, wrestle for Malcolm. Next week, do our thing. You know, then eventually we stopped wrestling for Malcolm because, you know, like Jay was seeing all the pictures and stuff. But then we kept doing uh, our thing for a little bit, you know. But then, you know, once we, you know, got signed to a label and she got really, really, really yeah. busy, we just kind of. I didn't realize up. that you guys had done that much wrestling. I didn't realize it came all the way from, from teenagers, you know. That's, that's a. The, the, the cool thing was um, once ICP kind of took off for us nationally. In 1997, none of our, you know, most of our fans didn't know we we had anything to do with wrestling, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, we put out this video called Stranglemania, which was a, 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 a re- what happened was Straight I was bootleg. flipping through a wrestling <laughs> magazine and I saw an ad in the corner, a small ad, and it said, 
thumbtack, barbed wire, exploding rings, you know, all this. And this was FMW uh, tapes. Okay, yeah. So we ordered a bunch of them, and they had no commentary on them. It was just the matches. So what we did was we did the commentary on them <laughs> as Violent J and Shaggy, but as these characters. Um, I was uh, Diamond Donovan Douglas. 3D. And uh, Handsome Harley Guistella Guido. And we did a comedy. What is that one? What is it? Handsome Harley Guistella. <laughs> also known as Guido. Okay. Guido. <laughs> and uh, we, did, uh, we did the commentary comedy style, you know? Mm-hmm. And we put that video out. We didn't own the rights to it or nothing. And we were like totally breaking kayfabe, everything, you know. Right. Like, so you were doing the commentary, then selling it back to. We were to selling people, it right? to our, to our, our wrestling tapes, right? yeah. or to our music fans. And um, man, that thing blew. Oh, yeah. Man, I think I've even heard of that before. It sold yeah. really well, you know. And um, so we had a show called Stranglemania Live downtown at St Andrews Hall, and. Uh, and we hired a bunch of deathmatch wrestlers to come in for the undercard, you know. So this is this is like you said, it was brand new in America, you know. The it's like '96, I think. Barbed wire, thumbtacks, yeah, just starting to get in here. Yeah. All of that. We had a, a girls' thumbtack match on the Ooh. show. We had all kinds of stuff. And in the main event, it was a steel cage match. Me and Shaggy versus uh, the Rednecks or the Chicken Boys, they were called. And, our, they, and they came out with we, Confederate yeah, flags, and they were, you know, <laughs> you know, we got a thing against racist people, right? And 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 they, you know, they were playing. So they're the, playing the racists. Yeah, the yeah. racists and um, southern racists. Nobody knew we could wrestle at all. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew we knew anything about pro wrestling, and so it sold out. It sold out in advance. You know, people were like, "What? ICP's gonna wrestle? What the?" F- they didn't have any idea, you know. What did they? They went to see the spectacle. Like, yeah. well, what is and then this going to be? With some real shit. And then we got in the <laughs> ring, and we, you know, we. This is when we were in top form. You know what I mean? And we killed it. I mean, we were coming off the top of the cage. That's... He he took a bump from the top of the cage through a table on the outside. Wow. I did a flip off the top of the cage through a table on a guy. We, you know, we. Were, it was great. And that was one of the, honestly, that was one of the greatest nights of my life because the crowd was so intense, the show went so perfect, and that was our first time ever wrestling publicly mm. as ICP, you know? Okay. And that was actually the tape that we sent to WWE when, when they called about us being on the soundtrack. So that's the extent of our uh, pro wrestling before we went to WWE. Uh, okay. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Were you guys always too when you were when you were uh, doing the wrestling in the backyard, etc.? Were you guys also rapping as well? Were you doing music too? Yeah. So yeah. It was, you guys wanted to do both. Yeah, we were yeah. doing just, just like, like me. just like uh, backyard wrestling. We, we were, were doing, doing the backyard, backyard rap, right. the equivalent of backyard. Yeah, the same equivalent. Yeah. What is it about this area? It's funny because I'm driving here and you know I'm following GPS and I don't know I know how to get from the airport to the Joe Lewis. That's about it. So I'm driving. And you see six mile road, seven mile road, and then of course eight mile. Everyone knows that. And you guys are on nine miles. So you guys are like one mile better than than Eminem. You guys are like one. <laughs> no, mile it's actually cool. the other. Oh, way oh one mile worse. Right. Okay, yeah. we're one mile. Uh, we're one mile into <laughs> the suburbs. 
suburbs. Right. Yeah, it goes eight mile down is, <laughs> yeah. is the city. But eight we, mile we, up are the suburbs. Okay. But okay. we grew up on eight mile. Okay, so it's the same. That's a yeah, bad area. We grew area up in town. the same exact exact neighborhood is Eminem. So what is it with like, you know, there's you guys, there's Eminem, there's Kid Rock. I mean, those, those are three of the biggest rap groups, rap guys of our generation all coming from the same area. What is it about this area that like, like it makes like white guys want to rap? I don't know. You know, is it a I've rough area in town that, or is it, it just something in the water or the beer or the chips? I, I or? think, I think, you know, there, there's tons of white rappers, especially nowadays, but mm-hmm. I think, I think with Detroit, Detroit's always been like a gimmick based mm-hmm. rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, us with the paint and like uh, Eminem, you know, we with talking about you know killing his wife, sure, and, yeah. you know, some shady persona. And Kid Rock's gimmick being a redneck, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's more gimmick based in in Detroit. At least at what you know, because I mean, all, all three of us, you know, uh, you know, none of us are spring chickens. We've been around forever, right. you know. Since in the Detroit 90s, back yeah. in the day was very, very, very gimmick heavy mm-hmm. when it came to rap. Interesting, you, you know, very you a guy that was like on top. And his name was Esham, and he used to come to the uh, stage in a coffin and have a six 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 shirt. Right, he was supposedly satanic. And he was supposedly yeah. like a devil worshiper, and, and everybody had like these outrageous, um, almost like Persona's gimmicks. gimmicks yeah, yeah. You know, well, if you look at it too, Alice Cooper, yeah, he comes from, from the here, history of Detroit. History. Yeah, yeah. Kiss's first big city was Detroit. Hello, right. Detroit Rock City. Right, Cobra Hall. The gimmick, yeah. Right. So I guess, uh, and you know, Detroit is into that sort of thing. Yeah, and and it seems like it it, it was it still was when we started mm. out. You know what I mean? And and we wanted to fit in too. You know what I mean? We just went. We're doing what. And what you know, there, and there was, was tons of people that never hit that like were super gimmick heavy too. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know. But let me be honest. You know, I would say. You know, as far as like that honest truth is like that, you know, like Alice Cooper and Kiss and the history of Detroit rock and everything that had little to do with 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 why we paint our face mm-hmm. uh, way more wrestling had to do with it. Is that why? What, what inspired you to start painting your face? Well, we we just the way we cut our interviews in the early days, they were promos. Oh, straight up. Yeah, we were was, yelling. Yeah. You know, doing interviews. Let me tell you something, motherfucker. You know, constantly pointing a finger. And, right. you know. and, and we and we just were in character. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like like straight up. Yeah, we that, never that break kayfabe back then. I mean, not now we do interviews. It's like we keep it as real as we can. But back then, it's like you guys are always playing the. Characters. We'd be in Europe and like we'd be talking about how we jacked the car to get there and f- the Spice Girls. You know the craziness. <laughs> yeah. You know, just straight insane. And people are buying it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy interviews talking about the end of the world and, and, and after the six Joker card comes out, you know, the world's going to burn and everything. And, uh, you know, the Internet came and, and ruined all that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just it just put put us in a big, you know, glass. It made all the walls see through and, and it, it, everybody could see us. You know, we, we always looked at it. You know, we always we, we always looked at it like wrestling style. It's like it's like back in the day. If you were to meet Hulk Hogan, you wanted to meet the Hulkster. You didn't want to meet Terry. You know, right. you want. How are you doing, brother? Yeah, you know, yeah, you want yeah. that. You know, hey, how are you doing, guy? <laughs> yeah. you, know, you didn't want that. That's how we would always be in stores. Everything we'd just be balls out, full and gimmick. You know, it's almost like the Luchador thing. You know, Mil Mascaris or Rey Mysterio. Oh, yeah, never they the never take the right. mask off. I mean, Mil Mascaris literally never right. took his mask off. Right. When we were in Japan. He'd be riding on the bus with his mask on. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you can take him. No, no one sees my face. Like ever. Yeah. So, all right. Whatever, it's 150 degrees, you want to wear a mask, good <laughs> for you, good on you. You probably got some good skin. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even with you guys today, um, at first it was like, you guys I was said, you guys won't have your, your paint on. I was like, well, that's okay. Do, do we still take a picture? And it's like, well, you guys don't take pictures without your 
paints. Still, we we right? do not. We, we do take pictures without our paint, but not like anything publicity or anything gotcha. official. You right. know, like if you know if you know somebody catches you on the street, hey, take a picture. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. You know what I'm saying. But if we're doing something that's gonna go on a website or you know or Instagram or whatever, officially you, know, you still want to be right. In, then in then paint. we'll always wear paint. Yeah. But we used to get to the venues, jump off the bus, have and masks. masks. We used to wear wrestling oh, masks. Lucha yeah. masks. Yeah. We wear the masks in the venue all day long. Before they open doors, walking around while the crew's setting up the stage, we'd be wearing masks. You know, uh, <laughs> and if we didn't do an interview in paint, we had a mask on. You know, yeah, we were really treated it as a as a as a different persona that, no for doubt. the first Which probably cool. for the first ten years it was like that you know until all of a sudden shit started popping up on on the internet pictures of us at Wendy's eating <laughs> yeah you know what I mean that's the With worst no pain, right? you know what I mean and stuff like that and it was it was it was heartbreaking did you ever see first. pictures ta- see uh, someone taking pictures and like say hey give me that phone or, oh yeah well, oh yeah we back used to, in the day, our guys yeah. used to grab phones and get the, the video video and, cameras everything you know smash video cameras. Smash them shit. on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not us personally, but we'd have people to do you it. Have you know? your people do it, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, but I mean, just imagine how Kiss must have felt in the '70s. You know, if someone took a picture, I mean, that's the end of your career. Oh, yeah. Back yeah. in those days. Mm-hmm. Now everybody has a freaking phone. You know, we we did a signing last week at uh, we did a festival in Montreal. You know, you do a signing, and it's not a signing; it's a photo shoot. Because oh, right. can I take a selfie? Can I take right. a selfie? Can I take a selfie? And then, and oh, like, hold on, hold on, blurring. Yeah, oh, yeah. It turns oh, to a half-hour civil war. It's looking the other way. Shoot. Yeah, all oh, the lighting's bad. Oh, there's a picture of my dog. What is it? And that's it, it. Kind of, it's a shame a little bit because it does take away a little bit of the uh, mystique right. of oh, what we time. do as, as not performers. Not a little bit, a lot of it. So then we just we opened the floodgates, and I wrote a book. Mm-hmm. And I just told all. You know oh yeah, I mean? yeah. And after that, it was over. You know what I mean? Like the mystique of um, just the, the, who we are right, behind the paint. Right. It, it we didn't grow over, up in an know? industrial waste oh, piping. Yeah. You know, in Delray. You know, we actually grew up in homes. And yeah, we, you had places to like go. That, right? right. But that's kind of the whole we had parents and the, whatnot. You know, the whole vibe of of insane composting. I mean, you guys have created this entire uh, cottage industry. I mean, ICP. You're almost like Motorhead and the Ramones and Nirvana and Guns N' Roses. Even if you don't know those bands, you still will buy merch by those bands. You know, because there's so many teenage chicks wearing Motorhead shirts. No mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. So many ICP everywhere. I mean, I'm seeing your your necklace there with the little guy running with the with the butcher knife, the cleaver. Yeah, you see that everywhere. Yeah, I mean, Hatchet it's man. Be- Hatchet Man. Sorry, yeah, it's become like uh, a, a part of pop culture here in, in america and probably around the world i see it i see it like uh the misfits you always right. see misfits merch great point you yeah. know what i mean yeah. i compare us to the misfits a lot i think a lot of the people maybe uh you know and they paint their faces mm-hmm. yeah yeah and jerry wears it jerry will wear his face paint to the grocery store right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, jerry only. yeah but you know we're we're, we're super super blessed too we're happy you know mm-hmm. we're, we, even though it's not like it was in the 90s you know it was seemed to be a little bit more um we were a little more control we are a little bit more in control of our image and everything in the 90s you know it's not like that anymore but we're still very blessed to even be relevant you know what i mean so what is it about icp that's 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 gone through the roof with with the the, the gimmick and the and the, the hatchet man and just the whole concept of, of insane clown pots. What, what, why do you think people have have connected with you guys so well? Because we've we've never had a one one hit wonder radio hit or nothing. We've always been consistent. You know, mm-hmm. people don't buy 
our records to hear one song that was on the radio. People we don't buy have our, any hits. You right? don't, right? People no, buy yeah. our records to hear the record, not mm. that one song they're familiar with. You know, and, and, and it's always been like that. And it always continued to be like that, you know. So it's like it's like, you know, when we do a show, nobody's waiting for one specific song and then they leave after it or waiting you know, we gotta wait till the encore to do our big mm-hmm. song or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's like we got, you know, multiple songs that we do to get the crowd hyped. That your you know? fans know all of right. them, but Without. the mainstream knows none of them. <laughs> right. Right. Who needs the mainstream? Right. This is probably where, you know, I might sound a little conceited, but I believe that our longevity is due to the fact that, you know, we work hard and, and we put out a good product. Mm-hmm. Whatever that crazy-ass product is, mm-hmm. we do it well. You know what I mean? We work hard. We work, We come here to this office Every day when we're not on the road, you know, like a, like a nine to five job every every day. You know what I mean? Uh, Monday through Friday, we're here. We're thinking we're working. You know, if we're, even if we're not in a studio recording, we're, we're, we're all powwowing, coming up with ideas, things, ways to stay relevant. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, promotional things. You know, uh, merchandise, we're constantly trying to develop cool merchandise because we're fans of what we do, so we, we know what fans would like because we're fans as well, you mm-hmm. know? And then we run our wrestling promotion and, and working on that and bringing that on tour, you know, is another reason for Juggalos to gather. And besides, Juggalos are your fans, yeah. which is a great name. Yeah. That's a great name. They, they, that just developed somehow. Right. You know? we, How did that we, start? We were never like, you're a juggalo. Oh, you know? he never we, came we, up with that? No. <laughs> it just no. happened. And then, then, somebody then, said it or something? Then, or then, then another thing Another thing is, you know, we grew up together, you know, and we, we're not in a band with five people. I mean, you got to know how difficult yeah, that is. Sure. You know, five different personalities clashing and stuff. Absolutely. You know? So it's like we basically, like, we can finish each other's sentences and shit, you know, and we don't fall out. You know, we don't break up for a year, get back mm-hmm. together, you know, when... You know, there's there's just not a group of people. It's us two in here. You know, what I'm saying making the record. Yeah. Of course, we got our you know studio crew and stuff, but you know that rotates a lot. The you know? creativity comes from right. you two guys. You know, and, and so we never we never have beef mm-hmm. where you know where we're like, all right, well, f- this we're done. You know, yeah, saying? we don't argue. We're, we're, a couple we're years best later. friends for real. You know, <laughs> be on and out of the paint. You know what I mean? And, and, Which and is it, so important after being together for thirty years. Right, right. I've yeah. known him since I was ten years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe nine. Yeah. Well, there's such. There's also such a uh, uh, your fan base is so loyal. I mean, I find that with with wrestling fans, with with heavy metal fans. I mean, it, it, you know, say even like Star Wars fans or something that's not uh, quote unquote the cool thing. If you ha- if like if you're an insane clown posse fan, you've got this whole legion of fans that know something that that the rest of the world doesn't know. You know, it's like yeah. a secret society of tens and hundreds of thousands of people. But it's our thing. It's people yeah. that get it. You right. Know you know, WB fans are the same because it's not a mainstream thing. As much as we make, try to make it be, it never has been. Heavy metal, it's never mainstream. If it is, it's just for cups of coffee and then it's gone again. So if you meet somebody else that's an ICP fan, it's like, hey, wow, this guy's cool. He likes the ICP. You got something in common. Right with off them. the bat, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so you have that originality and that uniqueness there. It just is either, either, either you, uh, you, you like us and you understand us or you and hate us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know you rarely find anybody that's like, yeah, they're all right. I listen to them once in a while. It's <laughs> yeah, either I, I can balls deep it's polarizing. or I hate the fuck out them guys. Isn't that what you want, right? I can guarantee you right now you're going to get tons of hate just, just <laughs> from having us on here. <laughs> oh, you know but I mean? you even no say doubt. that the new record is The Marvelous Missing Link, and at the beginning of the record, um, I believe it's on this one, it's like we're the, we're the world's most hated band. Yeah. You know, and it's like, all right. You know, but we also have 
thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of fans that, that love that about us. Yeah, you know? we're, we're very fortunate because our fans are, are, are very supportive. There's not millions of them. Our records don't go platinum. But they, they have, to. though. They're, they're, yeah, they they're, used to. No there one's are, record goes There are anymore. millions of them, but millions of them don't buy records. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One yeah. kid will buy a record for their whole crew, and now <laughs> yeah. people just like boot Well, now with down, Apple, Apple, Apple iTunes, you just yeah. go pay 10 bucks a month, and you get everyone's record. Right, you know? right. right. But or it, you just send it to somebody, you know, uh, you know, people just file share or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean? exactly. But there's no telling really what getting you sell. plaques like these nowadays is that's that's tough. And you, you do know? have uh, platinum discs on the wall, gold discs. Oh, yeah, I love that platinum all over. I the love place. the great Malenko. Yeah, which is a great one. A lot, a lot of wrestling influences. How, in, how did you come up with that name? I mean, obviously we know the great Malenko, D. Malenko's dad. It had nothing to do with that. Though. How, how did Absolutely you get it? Nothing to do with that. It, 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 Dark Carnival was a crazy motherfucker, was, man. Yeah, unless it was something subliminal. You know, when we got to WCW. And we met Dean Malenko, you know, he said he was mad about that. Was he? Yeah. He really? Was like, that's an insult to my dad. And we were like, we You're had, kidding me. You know, he was. Yeah. Wow. He was he didn't like us, you know what I mean? But we uh you know, we, we knew who Dean Malenko was, but you know, when we came up with the great Malenko, you know, it's hard to believe, but uh I don't I don't think we 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 subconsciously knew about Boris the Great Malenko, right? Not, not you know? at all. <laughs> so is it like is this your Great Malenko is like a magician or something, or just yeah, a, he's an illusionist. Gotcha. But we, but we just the name, you know, the Great Malenko came into our heads as uh, as the name of the fourth Joker's card, and uh, later we learned of Boris the Great Malenko. Right. Yeah. And we're like, oh shit. So what did Dean say? Did he come up to you guys, or yeah. what? What happened? He was like, "That's an insult to my dad," and we were like, "Honestly, we had no idea," you know. We knew who you were, you know. We we didn't know, you know. And he was like, "Bullshit, bullshit." Really? And walked away. Yeah. Hmm. You know, we had a lot of weird things happen when we got to when we got into WCW. What else happened? Well, <laughs> Mick Foley, you know, who's a good friend of ours now, you know, he uh, he was on the Stranglemania video wrestling Terry Funk and, okay. and wrestling that was others. WWF. Yeah, when we got to yeah. WWF, and he came up to us and he was like, "Don't you think you guys owe, owe me some money?" You know. <laughs> And, and he, was he was serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was serious? He was serious. Oh, wow. And he was like, you know, because he, he, um, he's all over the Stranglemania oh, he, yeah, video. Yeah, him and Terry Funk. Because like they had that deathmatch tournament over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. that's what it was. That's right. what the video was. And we called him Cactus Sack. That was his name in it. <laughs> yeah. and, and, um, and then Drunk Terry Flunk. And so we 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 uh, we broke him off some money right then and Did there. Did you really? Right on the spot. We are like, here you go. And he loved us. That was and then we were cool after that. <laughs> Like super cool, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Terry Funk. You know, we we actually after like we we paid Terry Funk for. It, we were like we he didn't even ask us. We were like we gotta pay Terry Funk now, you know. And we were with Sabu. We were actually on the road. Sabu was on so the road great. with us uh, doing a concert uh, tour, and uh, we were in Texas. And he called Terry Funk, and we actually went to the Double Cross Ranch and chilled out and like hung out with Terry Funk and his wife. She made his wife made cornbread and chili. That's cool. And we got to hang out on his like acres and stuff. Hung out in his milk barn. I don't even, I don't smoke weed, but that night I had I was like, man, we're smoking with Terry Funk. And <laughs> Terry Funk offers you a, a joint, you take one. <laughs> right. I, I I did the this uh, had Lemmy on my show last year. 
and he offered me a cigarette. I haven't smoked in probably 25 years, but when Lemmy offers you a cigarette, you, don't you smoke a cigarette. I smoke a cigarette with Lemmy. Try not to cough in his face, right? <laughs> but I mean, that, that shows the respect that you guys have that you paid. Because but Terry Funk didn't want the money, though. He was like, no, 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 no. I don't even yeah. get it. But we just kind of we what we did was we it. Sl- we <laughs> slipped it, we slipped it into a, a, a like a, a, like a cookie a, jar or something. Yeah, it was like some kind of like empty like pot like flour, like some kind of pot or cookie jar. Yeah, or something. Yeah. We, and yeah. then when we, we were saying goodbye, it. we're hugging each other. We're saying goodbye. We're leaving, and we said, "Oh yeah, check the cookie pot," you know. And then <laughs> see ya. Yeah, and then we left, you know. But I mean, it's not really like you really owed the money, anyways. It's not like it's their. I guess it's their match, but they didn't. Own, if anything, you owed like FMW guys money. Right. Well, they never right. came out right. <laughs> so that's. But that, I mean, that does show a lot of respect on your part, though. Yeah, you know, especially we didn't want to. Um, you know, we were making money off the video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it was doing really. It's still a classic to, to our fans. That's where we came I mean? out with a part two. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, we came out with a. Yeah, we definitely. So, so what other things happened that were kind of weird for you? Oh man, we got uh, so many adventures from being in wrestling. Adventures, you know? yeah. Um, uh, I mean, what, what were the differences between like WCW and WWF? Oh, man, the, the Huge biggest, difference. Oh man, WWF, we got no respect in the locker room. Really, no respect. I mean, we did from a couple of the the boys, whatever you yeah. know what I'm saying. But like because they didn't know our background, they just thought we were some rappers in there. Just wrestling, where everybody else has been busting ass their whole life to be wrestlers. We know? didn't earn our way into right, WWE. Exactly. You right. Know we, what didn't, I mean? we, we didn't pay we our wrestling music. Dues. Gotcha. We right, didn't pay right, the right. wrestling dudes to be in there. So yeah. So I mean, every match we had with the headbangers, I mean, it was just the most stiffest <laughs> matches you could. <laughs> they beat our ass. The like it was beyond did, stiff. Did it you was, know it when you're in there? Like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. Then, then we had a spot where um, they were on top of us, and we were supposed to. Flip them. We were in the aisleway fighting, and we were supposed to flip them over, turn the tide simultaneously, <laughs> and then we would both be on top of them, pounding them. When nope. it went turn time to flip them, they weren't budging. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we're we're both swinging on each other, <laughs> and then and then yeah. you know we'd be in our our dressing room. You know, this is really why people didn't like us because we needed a mirror for our paint. Uh-huh. So, like, they'd always give us our own dressing oh, room. Oh, right. And you yeah. know how that is. Yeah. Oh, the big shots got their yeah, own yeah. dressing room. You don't want to dress with the boys, you yeah, know? Exactly. And the first, the first day we, the, our very first day at SummerSlam, we needed a mirror, right? So they put us in a, in a dressing room with Steve Austin and Undertaker going over the, the finish. It was us two <laughs> painting up, and right behind us on, <laughs> on a bench is Undertaker and Austin. Going we're over going their match. the highway right. to hell, famous main event yeah. match between the two of them. And we're sitting in there painting up like, oh, sorry. Did, you know? Did they look at you at all? Or no, what they were doing in there? Also, <laughs> they weren't. It, it, it wasn't too too bad in WWE, but you know, we we didn't know. You know, we didn't know the ins and outs mm-hmm. uh, of the of the locker room in the big time the until, until we got to like WCW and then seeing how up it was in wwf you know for us right? yeah for us yeah so, exactly. so wcw was a little better it was way better oh, they treated us like with we open were, arms you know yeah. like we Welcome were open arms. one of the boys we had proved ourselves I mean? we were in, you know right. we were already in wwf and, and what you know, did you guys WCW? do in, in wcw we uh first we were in a, a a crew called the deadpool with raven and vampiro i gotta use the restroom right quick all right and and then um uh yeah the deadpool and, um, with Raven and Vampiro. Yeah, then we actually got to be in a crew after Raven left. It was Vampiro, the Great Muda, and um, 
Me oh, and that's Shaggy. cool. That, that was beyond I mean, cool. Muda, yeah. I got Muda's mist in my face. Nice. <laughs> he, he went to miss somebody, and they ducked, and I caught it in the face, you know, and I was like, yes. You know? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we, we actually went to WCW twice. We did, we did like, a two- or three-month run. Then we left. Um, we quit. Something happened. Yeah, we quit. And we, and and then and then um, the I remember that Misfits kind of took our place. Yeah, because they were there for a while too, right? And they were with Vampiro. Then we came back to WCW, and this is when Vince Russo was there, mm-hmm. and um, and we did a second run in WCW. We had a blast in WCW. The first day we were there, though, um, I did a moonsault, and um, when we came back, Hugh Morris kicked over a garbage can and was screaming and bitching, you know. And Eric that's Bischoff, his move, right? Yeah, Eric Bischoff came in and was like, don't do the moonsault again, you know. He's the only big man that does the right, big guy doing a moonsault. And yeah. I was like, I'm so sorry, man, you know, and I apologized to him and everything. We we just didn't know those, the, the politics. Those kind of yeah. I mean, there's a lot of politics in, in, in the dressing room, yeah. which you wouldn't know if you just kind of came in there. Yeah, especially in WWE, we didn't. You know, to shake everybody's hand and, and, and everything, you know what I mean? And we just, you know, we f***ed up in WWE. We but it's it's almost heat. like you need, like, a rule book to understand what the, uh, you know, the, the protocol is inside the dressing room. You said, like, shaking everybody's hand. It's such a ridiculous thing, but if you don't do when it... When you get there and when you leave. <laughs> right, exactly. Even if you see somebody, like, see him at the gym, hey, 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 hey. Right. See him later on the day in the uh, dressing room, how's it going, how's it going? See him later on at night at the restaurant, how's it going, how's it going? It's like, <laughs> come on, dude, how many times do I have to shake your hand? <laughs> you know, but at first... Especially in the 90s, that was so, like, if you didn't do it, it's the cardinal sin. And the ginger wrestling shake. <laughs> yeah. Which I Not never Not the actual understood. shake, the I ginger handshake. You know, my dad <laughs> taught me. Our, 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 our division, we do JCW, we forbid the ginger handshake. Yeah. Everybody shakes hands right. like a my man. My dad taught me to shake hands <laughs> like a man. I never bought that thing with the little kind of wimpy little handshake. <laughs> Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So, yeah, you guys have your own company, the Juggalo Championship Wrestling, and you've yeah. been doing this for a long time as well. Do you run shows uh, a lot, or does this just based around the gathering of the Juggalos? No, we run shows. We go on tour. We try to go on tour every year, One t- you know, a tour with JCW. And um, and, and we run, uh, well, and on a regular basis, we run Christmas, Halloween, and the gathering. And that's every year. And then um, we so, also run, uh, uh, when we can, when we're home recording and we're going to be home for a while, we run monthly shows here in Detroit. And then, then sometimes we'll, when we go on the road, we'll take it with us just for like early in the day, you know what I'm saying, for some, you know, just for, because people are like, you know, tailgating shit before yeah, shows yeah. and stuff, you know. So, you know, we'll have wrestling beforehand, like outside in the parking lot, whatever, you know what I'm saying. So how is it being on the other side? How is it being a promoter? 
It's cool. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. We we. See, we're I don't very... do so much of that. Him and him and uh, Kevin Gill do it. I commentate now. Okay. Which I love. We're very um, story driven. You know. Okay. We, we, we like to do stories, even though we're not. Even if we're not filming and nobody knows the storylines, even mm. if it's just for our own entertainment, we're very much into stories. You know, like the the, the characters development and and you know, and I always said if if I wasn't doing this for a living. Um, doing ICP for a living, I would love to be a writer for WWE. A writer, right. Yeah. But I'm talking about the actual promoter, like, you know, paying the guys, you got to deal with all the different uh, guys. Is everyone pretty cool when they come work for you? Do you ever get any guys that are kind of, yeah, you the guys are like known as good promoters? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah we love we take care of our guys. It's yeah, all, we make sure we pay them, you know, cool. especially right. like the indie guys who aren't used to getting paid. We actually make sure they get paid. There's and, always food and drinks right. in the dressing right. room. Right, we buy it's beer like, and catering know, and all that You guys stuff. are bringing your rock and roll backstage knowledge to the wrestling world. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Which yeah. we never have in wrestling. Right, right. People always go, can I come backstage? Like, there's really, uh, right. there's nothing Why? to look at. There's no backstage pass. We don't have any chairs. We use a, a barricade around the ring. So it's standing room uh, only, like a concert. Okay. You know? And we use the, the ring music and everything. It's really loud. We got a live DJ on stage doing the ring music and everything. Yeah, yeah. you know, we have, we, have, yeah, we have a DJ on stage. And we, we always have do a, a production. We got the lights and we got a ramp and all Another that, thing you know? from rock and yeah. roll, yeah. yeah. So who do you use, like, in the main events? Do you bring um, in, like... Some of the guys we yeah. use? Usually our guys in the main events. Like, the undercard, we'll, we'll bring people in. And once in a while, we'll, we'll bring somebody in to, like, for... We've for, brought everybody but we, Yeah, in. we have brought it, especially one gathering. It was just, like, a legend dream. It was right, you've like, had a lot of guys there. Oh, my God. Let, let's talk quickly about the gathering. Now, the gathering is kind of like your version of, uh, of Lollapalooza, yeah, it's for a, example. it's a festival, a four-day festival. And then Every also, year. Every right, year. And for JCW, it's like our WrestleMania. We call it Bloody Mania. <laughs> so what do you... What do you have at the first of all how did you get the idea to do the gathering of the juggalos because i've heard about this for years and years and years yeah, it, we just had our 16th wow this, 16 just passed yeah. yeah did you guys well you guys did woodstock 99 right yeah. mm-hmm. so just as a quick little segue how was how was that first of all it, it was, was awesome. the greatest shit ever man really come on picture doing woodstock uh, yeah you know no kidding right you know? we're very very underground and i remember we had these these scooters we were riding around at woodstock and I remember we went around the corner, and there was like a a, a, um, a gate, and behind the gate was like press. Mm-hmm. And I just remember all the cameras going off, you know. <laughs> and we're not used to that, you know what I mean? We, you know, we were just like it was like paparazzi, it was surreal, man. snapping pictures of us, yeah. you know. And, and and it was just like we haven't seen anything like that since we went to the Billboard Music Awards and walked the red carpet there. <laughs> oh, you know? that, that was great. That was so great. We. <laughs> Like, you know, everybody gets out, everybody's cheering and stuff. We get out of our limo. Boo! <laughs> We the most hated man great. in the world. Yeah. Oh, man. It, but, but we loved it. We cut off and we're like, yeah. You guys, will be, you if know? you guys have to be the heels, you'll be the super. heels. Yeah, right. that. That's the way it is. As long as they're making noise, right? <laughs> right. So who, who was headlining Woodstock that year? Um, Do you remember? Or I some of the it was, bands? It was, it was Kid Rock, Limp Bizkit. Kid, Kid Rock wasn't. No, that was before he was super huge. That was 99. That's when he was just. Yeah, you're right. He was just getting started. Yeah, yeah. it was, uh, I think, Corn headlined one night. Yeah, Corn, um, Limp Bizkit. Um, that I'm mean, Limp Bizkit was like on top of the so world. So it was a pretty, it was a heavier style of a lineup for, yeah. for that oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the, we we went on right after the Roots. Okay, 
Yeah. Do you have a good relationship with, with a lot of those other bands? Are they, are they fans? Are they friends? Um, are you talking about Biscuit or are you talking about Kid Rock? Or, or We're not friends with Kid Rock. We're friends with Limp Bizkit. Yeah, we're friends with a lot of Limp lot Bizkit of was on our, or Fred Durst was on our, our last album as a guest. He did a guest And we were verse. supposed to do a tour together. You know, it, it, sure, of course. it ended up like falling It's the through, typical but... band guys. Hey, let's right. tour together, man. Let's right. yeah, yeah. go on tour. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Have a couple drinks. And then, of course, booking mm-hmm. agents and managers and everyone else gets involved. But how was your reaction at Woodstock? I mean, you're talking about you know 200,000 people. To our surprise, awesome. it was great. Nice. It was, it was, people as far as you can see. People were you know? singing the lyrics that we couldn't believe it. Wow. We were like, holy shit, Your loyal man. fans turned up. And it's crazy. It's, you could see the sound wave of, of your voice. You'd be like... Put your middle fingers in the air, and you could, as the oh. sound traveled, you could see people, people doing it. Waves of fingers you know going so up like, at different yeah, times. So like the beginning yeah, was like started, started at the front, and so you could see, see the like wow. the sound of speed. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It was crazy. That man. is really yeah. cool. Yeah. So yeah. did that kind of maybe influence you guys? We want to do our own festival every year, or was that actually that, no? Because that was the first year we had already been playing our festival. Because that was in '99. Mm-hmm. The first gathering was in '99. Okay. So we we had been planning to do ours, you know, since I think '98 because we 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 put like a uh, we put I I don't remember exactly how we worded some or whatever some cryptic message in our, yeah in in, a, a on CD our CDs booklet. saying you know something big's coming you know we'll announce it once you know it's, right. it's near you know and then once it came near we announced it's going to be you know and we didn't call it a festival then you know because we didn't think it'd turn into what it did today you know it was at a convention center mm-hmm. here in Novi okay. And uh, and we were just like you know the gathering of the juggalos come peep it out. We're gonna have you know shows. We're gonna have wrestling. We're gonna have contests. All this and that. All know? the bands that are like juggalo orientated. You know what I mean? Bands were, on your record label. Ba- all yeah, the bands all, all on our label. label. Yeah. Um. And and we had like all of our stage sets throughout the years set up so that people could go stand on the stage oh, and take cool. pictures. You know. And and we had all our stages set up and we had like um. There was all kind of things to do, you know, at, at the we first one. And now there's like, it's like so it's much 24 to do. hours now. You'd have to split yeah. into four so different much people to, go. to do it all. It's you like know Disneyland. I mean? You got to pick which ones you want to do and exactly. worry about the yeah, You, you can't do it what all. Event you you know, want to go see. Which, which are some of the highlights from that? Because I know you've had big wrestling guys there, wrestlers yeah. there. We, we've had, we've had, uh, as far as you can go with wrestling, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. We've had we've had everybody shy of Hogan. He's yeah. the only one that wouldn't. And do we it. tried hard for Hogan. DJ, yeah. We've yeah. had Flair not wrestling, but as a host on stage. How was that? Uh, uh, he was, left because so, they threw shit. Yeah, at him. he got hit. Really? But yeah. he he was really professional. He's like, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I gotta leave. You know, usually people get pissed. Why off. were people throwing stuff? Because They're people crazy. were just thirty five. Yeah. The, the bad apples in the barn. Didn't uh, Tila Tequila get she hit with a real bad? Fucked up. Yeah, she misspelled juggalos or something. But she she egged it on though. You know what I'm saying? She you know she like you know she stayed up there and was talking shit and just you know snowball got worse and worse. You know. Who uh, so? Who else? So you mentioned Flair. Who else have you had? Because you're talking about when you do your shows, you use local guys. But for the gathering of the Juggalos, it's a big thing. Like every year, someone I know will be there doing something. Yeah, I mean everybody. You know, like we had a legend show one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, I can't even begin to name them all. I, I, you know? I, I, there's no way anybody's ever had a bigger legend show, even at a convention, than than we had at that. I have never that. heard of a bigger legend show than we had. Our, our legend show was so big. That there was only two single matches, singles matches on the card because there was so many guys that needed to be placed in a match that we had 
a battle royal. We had like we had like a Royal Rumble thing. We had we uh, take it back uh, to like Rekha Hammer versus Tito team. Santana dog collar match. You know? So you ha- they actually show up and do that? Oh, no, yeah. we had a steel cage. Oh, yeah, Rekha Hammer cage, versus yeah. Tito Santana. Yeah, we had um oh my god, we had Austin Idol. We had uh, uh, Funk Piper Cac- Mick Foley doing commentary. Um. Uh, uh, like Hall and Nash, I think. Hall and Nash, yeah. yeah. Hall and Nash. Yeah. Um, Sean Walton, you know. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Sean Walton. Um, um, um. How was uh, how was Piper for you guys? He's cool. He he's good. worked with us a couple times. Yeah, yeah. he came and did comedy. Good guy, you know I mean? man. Yeah, that's a drag when he passed away. Yeah, that sucks real it bad. It seems like gathering the juggalos would be like he would love uh, an atmosphere like that. Just do whatever you want. No no censor. He had a good time. No rules. They loved yeah. him there. They yeah. loved him. They treated him real good, you know. We had a thing called flashlight wrestling, which is where it would go on at like 2 in the morning, right? Yeah. And the only light on the ring would be flashlights we give, the we give everybody flashlights. Okay. So everybody would just be showing Interesting. flashes. So we had, like, we had like a flashlight in each corner. You know? We had the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express in a flashlight match, you know? <laughs> and they're like, I've never, in all my life, I've never seen anything like this. You know what I mean? And, and it gave this really cool illusion that they were like in a stadium mm. because of all the little lights all around them, you know, in, in the dark, shining on them. It just looked like I don't know what it looked like. It was just the most unusual. And do your fans react to the matches? They're they're into it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not everybody up. has to go to wrestling. You oh, can go you see can go. other right, stages. Right. So the only ones that then are you there got, are wrestling. You know, you got fans. your super smart marks that are there too. You know yeah, yeah, of course. We had Jimmy Snuka. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, streamers. streamers shit, yeah. yeah, Jimmy Snuka, Jake the Snake. Um, I mean, you, you pretty much name it. We've had. You guys are just like bringing in all all of your heroes. Uh, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly, and that's right. like how we do like with the main stage. Like in the past years, like everybody we'd always want to see, we'd bring into the gathering. And as far as form. bands as well, yeah, yeah. bands yeah. and yeah. rappers. You like know? who? Yeah, Ice, Ice Cube. Ice Cube was the, the one Ghetto of the Boys. Yeah, Ghetto Boy. Ghetto Boys reunited to come in. So and this is it. It, this has a big reputation. If Ice Cube is going to show up to rap, yeah, yeah. this ain't I no. Mean, we got no bullshit thing. He's been there twice. George Clinton, Parliament, pretty much. You know what I'm wow. saying? Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You know, we, we've had so many See, people. that's the cool thing about when you remember. get to a certain level. That's why I love doing this show. I get to go talk to people that I've never met that I always wanted to, like you guys, or go talk to my heroes. Like I had Paul Stanley on the show twice. You know, that gives me a chance to go and like, oh, who do I want to get? Like William Shatner. Let's try and get William Shatner. Shatner will do it. Oh, my gosh. Right. Go sit and across. You're not to just wrestling. Just That's do whatever great. I want. Right. Anybody I think is interesting, let's talk. Right. And same as you guys. You put on this massive festival that's got a reputation. You can bring in whoever you want because right. you want to see them. We do comedians. You know, we do comedians as well. You know what I'm saying? We've had slew of comedians and uh, man well we just so much shit. you know it's we like, don't there's not a lot of bands that are similar to insane clown posse so it's hard to fill four nights worth of bands right that we think juggalos would want to see do you guys play every night or just the last night just no. the last okay. night. well we, we'll do dark lotus which is a super group that we have which with is, twisted and blaze which is and then we right also there. do gotcha. another group we do group called the psychopathic which is riders. the riders psychopathic we'll riders and then <laughs> then the last night we'll do like a we call it the we'll do our set and then we'll do a set called the deadly medley which is everybody on psychopath that goes out does a couple songs you know nice which is and the, the the craziest part about it is no sponsors. It's all us. You know what I'm saying? We don't have no Budweiser, right. no Red Bull, no Pepsi, 
nobody. You know what I'm saying? It's just That's us. really, really amazing. And we lose our ass every year. Do you really? <laughs> we didn't lose our ass no, this no, year. No. <laughs> Last year, we lost some, but we didn't actually lose our ass this year. You know what I'm saying? We still so got, our almost we, we got our underwear on this year. <laughs> we made a little bit of money this oh, year. Oh, you made money yes, this year. Yes. How many people are showing up for it? Uh, well, you know, this we get around 10,000. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. we, we just switched locations last year. So la last year, it was it was decent. It was nice. But this year, it was a lot more than last year. I mean, I still haven't heard the final count. Because it's not easy. Like, Metallica had their own festival two years in a row. They called it Orion. Yeah, and they, they, actually, the yeah, first one, out, yeah. first, they, they lost so much money. It's like, we're done. We're not doing it anymore. It so lost money. Oh, yeah. Like the first one was in Atlantic City, and like the second was too, Detroit. Though. It takes time to build it. But I think they're like, we're not doing this anymore. So for you guys to be building it to where you're actually making, even if it's, you know, three bucks yeah to be breaking about e what it was <laughs> breaking even that's a buck 50 each it's, it's that's a, a huge it, deal it, it's a tradition now yeah. it's like we we can't stop doing it if we wanted to stop yeah. doing it we don't want to stop doing it but if we did we can't you know what i'm saying it's just it's it gives the juggalos it's just giving back to the juggalos it's a part of your you know brand it, it, it's just it's so awesome for juggalos from all over the world be able to come in one spot, not be judged by nobody. Everybody's friends, even if they don't know each other. Mm. There's never no fight. It's not easy for juggalos. You know, it's not easy there, to be a fan of no ICP. Fights. Everybody hates ICP. So people walk around wearing, you know, the hatchet man. Other people are like, you listen to those assholes, you know? Yeah. Why? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It's not easy. But but when, when they come together and they're in a place like the gathering, it, it there's like an euphoria of... of Right. Awesome! Everybody's going cool on and shit in the with air. You, know, you say there's every, no fights in the crowd because no, everyone's in no. the same. La way. Last year, last year there was one fight. One person got stabbed, but that was between two food vendors. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah straight up. So that's an asterisk, right? That doesn't count exactly. It was between two food vendors battling for business. <laughs> but you know? guys, you guys, I mean, just listening to to a couple of tunes today and on uh, Malenko and on on the new record as well, you guys do. You have a pretty positive message running through there yeah. that I hear. You know what I mean? There, there, there is, there is that uh, sentiment. We touch on it sometimes, right? You know? a positivity is almost a spiritual element to what you're doing. Yeah. Which I thought, I mean, that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's in there. It's in there. You know, it's in some records. It's, it's the underlying basis of who we are. It's, it's, it's when we're speaking to juggalos, that's what we want to say. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When we're speaking to, to the people that have been with us for years, that's definitely what we want to say. Right is is you know, you know we want them to, uh, you know I don't know how to put it because we're not holy rollers. We're no, not, no, I'm not no. saying that, but I'm not saying. But there's a positive element. Even when you're just talking about how there's a big family. It's not easy to be a Juggalo fan, but when there's ten thousand of them gathered, there's no fights. Right, that's no. A, that's that's a positive vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know it's people are coming. Super to, positive. You know that I think that's a pretty. Uh, and you know people have called us like even Christian rappers before because hmm, we really? had a song called Miracles that that they came out and like you know it got like millions of hits on YouTube mm. and all of a sudden like. People were like, oh, are they a Christian group? Mm. We're just like, we're the furthest thing from a Christian right, right. group you could possibly be. We got a kick out of it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But we believe in God. Yeah. You, you know, know what I mean? And we but, make it appearant, but, you know, but we, we don't, don't make gospel music. No, yeah. Right. It's not like this is striper preach, preach, or preach, whatever. Preach, yeah, right. exactly. We're not, we're not, we're not preaching. Van, but I was just know? saying there was there was some elements of positivity on there, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. You know what you. I mean? Yeah. Um, th there's a great story as, as we start to wind down here. I, I, like I said, re reading the, the, the Wikipedia 
for I, you got to tell me this this Sharon Osbourne story. Oh, oh God. I mean that's a great story. Yeah, that bitch stole this morning. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> so so l- let me set the tone. So you guys had a had had a band that was on tour with you that wasn't working out. Cold Chamber. Cold. Okay, Cold Chamber. Who just played last week on the festival we were on? That got a great reaction then, but with you guys, your fans weren't buying it, right? So, and they were managed by, by Sharon Osbourne. So we got to the, we were paying them a lot of money every night, you know, mm-hmm. but they're, they're, they weren't drawing anybody. Not saying Cold Chamber can't draw people. No, no. They just weren't drawing people to our to show. To your show, right? You They've know. got a huge fan base yes, on their own. On their own. Right. So we were paying them a lot of money, and by the second show, we were realizing there, there was They're not only bringing in their money's worth of people. Of people, yeah. right. So we said, this isn't working out, you know. And, and, uh, and so then we went and did a, an appearance on Howard Stern, which um, we do a lot of appearances on. And that's Stern. hard to get on Howard. Yeah, we used to yeah, be on there a lot. He's, yeah. he's, he's our boy. We haven't been on there for a while, but we used to be on there a he, lot. He gets what you guys are doing. Right. He digs it. The- and then, you know, he always does like his thing, you know, bringing people in so we could, you know what I'm saying? Mess with them or whatever. Bad right. Them and right. Because yeah. he knows that we get hot quick over some <laughs> shit. <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> it so, makes for good radio. For sure. Right. Sharon Osbourne called when we were on the Howard Stern show and she, she was like, you know, how dare you throw my band Cold Chamber off? You guys are, you know, you guys aren't even going to be around next year, you know. And and we were like, like you, you know, you, you know. <laughs> she was like, you? what? A- you know what I'll do to you in in this industry? Do you really? Know? Yeah. We're like, what we're can like, you do to us? You gonna throw us off MTV? We're not on MTV. You gonna throw us off the radio? We're not on the you're radio. You gonna kick us off the Gathering of the Juggalos? It's our show. You better suck my dick or something. You know all that. So, so she called up and she's giving you attitude about it. Yeah. Right. And, and then so we went off and she was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm I'm on my way down there. You know, I'm, I'm on my way to New York. I'm going to something like that. So so uh, Howard asked us to come back the next morning and she came on a show the next morning. Wow. And we had like a face off, you know, and it was the same thing. We were battling. Yeah, she's you know? going off in a crumpet voice. You know what I'm saying? You could barely understand her. How <laughs> dare you throw my right? dog? just like, shut the f- up, you know what I'm saying? And Who the we're, f- are you? Get we're out going here, off bro. on her. We're going off on Ozzy, even though we don't have nothing against right. Ozzy. We're it's Ozzy, yeah. Like, get that just... dope fiend stick a stick in his back and prop him up on stage so you can get paid, bitch. So what know? was the bet that she made you, though? And she actually got so pissed off, she threw her glasses at us. Wow. Yeah. Like the old math teacher yeah, getting mad at you. It. One of us, like, just took... <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember who it was, but one of us just put him on. <laughs> she um, she said, she said, you guys' next album won't even sell 50,000 copies, you know? Okay. And we said, we'll bet you right now $50,000 it will, you know? Uh-huh. And um, and she said, all right, it's a bet. You know, this is live on the air, you know? And um, so we were like, matter of fact, we don't even want the f- money. We'll donate it to charity. Right. We you don't know, want you, your money in our We want you pocket. to donate the money. We right. want you to pay charity of our choice. Charity. Okay. Yeah. So it's $50,000 if you guys sell 50,000 50, albums. Yeah. Okay. And, and then our next album went gold. You know what I mean? <laughs> And um okay. and, and she uh you know yeah, all you heard was now when we, the thing is when we go on Howard Stern crickets. we bring it up every time we're like have you talked to Sharon about our money you know what I mean and then he's just like kind of blows it off you know what I mean oh so she never paid you she never paid us you know which is you know she's the one that made the bet right she's the one that thought and, it up and had you not made, uh, sold the records you know she'd be tracking you guys down to get mm-hmm. that money right no, no question she probably have her lawyers on her. <laughs> yeah but you know. The, um, 
you know, she was, as you know, she's powerful in the yeah. music industry. She's intimidating you know? and powerful, yeah. And she But, she, but we take did. such underground roads, she couldn't affect us in any way. Well, that's the thing. When you guys do everything on your own, who can affect you? Right. right. What's she going to do? Blackball you, like you said, from MTV and the radio and from all record companies. Right. We've got our own record company. Got we do everything festival. ourselves. We're all in-house. Yeah. Merchandise, everything, right? We don't open for anybody. We've never toured, opened for anybody. We've always headlined our own tours. We've never gone on tour and opened except for way, way back yeah, in, in the early in days. Early days, and um, you know, there's nothing she could do. And, and so many bands throughout the years, so many bands have been like. Thank you for saying that. We right. wish we could say that to her. Oh, you know, yeah. it was so cool. You're, you're one of the you you're one on. of the few bands that can <laughs> right. because you're on. You're like you said, self-contained. You know, and, and we're very fortunate because because um, we put out a greatest hits. Even though we don't have any hits, we put out a best of compilation about five or six years ago with with a major label, and um, just doing that sucked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like it was, we were arguing and battling, and we actually came out with a record back in the day called "Our Greatest Misses." <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, and we put and uh, just working with another label to do yeah. that was a nightmare. You know yeah, what I mean? Just having to compromise in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, we just don't want to ever work with anybody. Nobody understands what we're about. Yeah, no A and R's. No, none of the presidents. They don't know how to market us. They don't know how to to, to put us out. They don't know, you know, right. They, so, they have no idea the, the 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 formula they use for like radio hits and you know mainstream bands don't work for us. But there's there's some really catchy stuff like on on the new record when I was listening to okay or, or get clowned. I mean that's really kind of mainstream hooks and beats and everything. I mean there's obviously some cursing on there and stuff, but the hook is great. Thanks. The beat is great too. Thanks. So yeah, that's you. what that's why I, I like I like the fact that this probably could be on the radio, whatever that means nowadays, which is probably almost nothing. Anyways, I'll tell you from a rock and roll standpoint, being on the radio is basically just to say, we're on the radio. Does it really mean anything to album sales? Not really. Not in you this know, day and age. Plus if plus you go how up, much you get played. Well yeah, exactly. How much money up. you're paying right. to get played too. If you go up, you gotta go back down. You yeah. Know? Right. And we've always been right under the radar. Right. And it's we good like that, like... you know, because we control our own destiny. Like we don't have to pray that you know, hopefully radio will play our new single off our new album or we're through. Mm-hmm. Or our second to, single, you know, that's right. our first hot one, you know. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't have, have to worry about going. it. We our albums are gonna do as well as we're going to work them, mm-hmm. you know, as we're going to stay out on the road and, and keep working them, you know. Are you guys getting ready to go on the road for the yeah. tour of this? we're going out in October and in November. How long are your tours for a couple months? Yeah. Do you ever go overseas or just mostly in the States? Yeah, yeah. You know, we we just got back from Australia, but well, we did Australia. Well, that was almost two uh, years ago. Uh, was it two years ago? <laughs> yeah, Christmas. It'll be two years. Wow, damn. Yeah, it goes by quick, man. But, I think, was it Christmas of 2013? Uh, it was right before Christmas, yeah. Like 2013? Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were over there, too. We, we did uh, yeah. Steel Panther. We, we ain't been to uh, Europe in a, in a grip, man, but uh, yeah, Australia. We've been to Europe a bunch of times. But before that, we haven't it had been, been like there in 10 a while. years before we went to Australia, you know what I'm saying? And we came back, and was like, ah, oh, you know. So when you do a tour of the States, what, what kind of venues are you playing? Small ones, like 2,000, 1,000. Like House yeah, of Blues I mean, type it, things? Yeah, or? Yeah. It varies, you know what I'm saying? Some markets will actually do like like 700 and the other markets would do like five thousand, but that's and then that's other good, markets man. Would do like a thousand. Other markets, if, if you can draw an average market, of two thousand know? or whatever it yeah. is, that's, that's good business nowadays. Yeah, you know, which is great. We're happy with it. It's always been the same. You know, mm. we've always drawn the same amount. It, it's it's never been a point where we drew more 
than we're drawing now. Right. And we consider that fortunate, you know? Absolutely. And to us, it's cool because every show is still intimate. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like, you know, you, you can still see everybody. We can you know? still reach everybody with the Fago, you know, that we throw <laughs> yeah. off the stage. That's the soda that yeah. you spray people with. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we can make sure that, you know, to bombard everybody in the house. And if it was any bigger... It doesn't feel the same, you know. Well, we've I mean? done arenas, and it, you know, it's just, you know, it's just it's not, not the, the same, same feel. You do know? you, uh, do you have like a little cannon for the Fager, or you just shoot it right out of the bottle? We bring different things. We have a our, Fago our gun. biggest cannon is our finger. Oh, over the top of the the bottle. Squirt if you open it, a one two liter Fago, stick your finger in the in the opening and hold it upside right, down. It up. It'll Bam. start to gain pressure and pressure and pressure, yeah, especially could, if, I, if it's warm. I can make a field goal from a hundred yards with it. With a <laughs> now explain what Fago is. It's a Detroit soda. <laughs> Detroit soda. Uh, it's real it's cheap. The cheap. They, yeah, they're, like every city has their cheap. Their yeah. cheap. We call it pop here. You yeah, know? in Canada too. Pop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's, a northern it's thing. A, you know every every city has their cheap pop. You know, and we grew up drinking Fago, just like pretty much everybody in Michigan. You know, there's like. You know, twenty five <laughs> flavors of Fago. So you guys are getting cheap pops on stage and cheap pops in the ring. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely played. Final, final, uh, couple of questions. What, for, what's your favorite song that you play live for for you, Violent J? Um, damn. Is there one that sticks that, out? I like so I like hard, doing um, uh, Night of the Chainsaw, which is uh, one of our newer songs. I like doing it. It's it's a fun song to do live. People get into it. Yeah. How about you, Shaggy? You know, it, it's so hard because, like, to pick one because, like, like you, know, you said, you don't have the big hit, right? Right. But, but you know, it um, was the last tour we went on a tour before we did uh we did a song that we never did on tour before called Fat Sweaty Betty, mm -hmm. and uh, for some, I just loved doing that song every every night we did it. I loved it. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. kind of like a challenge doing it. You know, like keeping the breath mm -hmm. right and all that. But like, I. I and it didn't even really get over that well with the crowd, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I just really it. fucking love doing yeah, that. It's song. a real rarity. Yeah. yeah. You know? Some songs are just fun to sing, whether the crowd really goes nuts or not. As a singer, yeah. it's fun just to do it. I love singing. You oh, know, yeah. We're, we're rappers, but some of our songs have some oh, straight up singing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I love singing. I love grabbing the mic. I, I use a mic stand. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? And I, I love singing. What's your, what's your singing voice like? Well, you know, I, I kind of. Well, my what? favorite singer is Eddie Vedder. You know? okay, it depends so. upon how long in the tour. We, <laughs> of course. Right. How many days in a row you've done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, last question. What's your favorite match that you ever had? Favorite match? That you ever had, yeah. Man, that's a tough one. Ever this is the one that had. stands out that you, that you had? Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my favorite match would be uh, it was um, us and Terry Funk versus. Um, versus um, Jerry the King Lawler and um, Monty, Monty Brown. Oh, in TNA? Yeah. No, oh, this uh, isn't in TNA. Oh. We, we, we did TNA. Yeah, right, right. But this was at, at the I gathering. Remember, okay. Uh, Jerry King Lawler, Monty Brown, and I don't remember who the other I, guy I was. I don't remember the, third the match. Guy. But it was a great it's six a great man tag. Teaming with match. Terry Funk was awesome. Oh, That's yeah. crazy. I remember teaming with right. Terry Funk, but I don't remember the actual match. Yeah. How about you, Shaggy? You got one that stands you, up for you? You know, I, I think it, one of our old school matches, wrestling for Malcolm, like, match me versus him. You know what I'm saying? We had this gimmick worked out where, like, uh... Is this Corporal Daryl Daniels? No, this was Hector Hatchet versus Sewer Dweller. 
And uh, and I got powerbombed like three times in a row, and then all of a sudden he grabbed the ref and started powerbombing him like three times in a row. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the old school one. I mean, uh, every match. I mean, of course, you, you got your you know your match some matches that are the shits. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, of course. But, but uh, just like you have some shows that are the shits. But, but yeah. oh, one of my one of the matches I, I really liked was uh, it was a singles match, me versus uh, Lenny. For uh for the cruiserweight uh, Lenny, Lane? Lenny, 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 Lenny Lane, Lenny Lane, yeah. Lane yeah. yeah, I think that was, that that was a good one. That between that and then um I can't remember that for what, the cruiserweight title they yeah, had a great that's what, cool. was, what, what was what was that um, yeah, yeah, in WCW. yeah what was that what was that uh division out in L A we used to do with Vamp oh XPW yeah XPW it was me and Vamp versus two luchadors that didn't speak English Hel so, it was Halloween and yeah Halloween Damien six 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 yeah so basically I'm just getting thrown around like a rag doll you know what I'm saying just you know, just you know, I knew what they're gonna do. You know, Vamp was like inter interpreting or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But it was it was a pretty cool match. I like that. Well, match. dudes, it's great talking to you, man. Much respect for all you've created, and yeah, like I said, it's really cool to finally get to meet you face to face Same after all you, these man. years. Same Thank you, the Thank record, you for having us. Yeah, on the no show, doubt, man. It's no a doubt. blast, man. And well, I'll have to come to a gathering one day and come check you guys out. Okay, yeah, man. yeah, man. We'd love to have your band. That'd be awesome. that would be killer. That'd be fun. We'd have to be good mix. Band and work a match. Well, we could do both. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> Killer guys. We'll put you over. Oh, well, I wouldn't have it any other way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> A prima donna over here. <laughs> Thanks to Insane Clown Posse, Shaggy, Too Dope, and Violent J. Had a tremendous time hanging out with the boys at the Lotus Pod, their studio and headquarters outside Detroit. They had their makeup on. They had the face paint on and everything. They were ready for battle. Great new album, The Marvelous Missing Link, the outtakes album dropping on October 2nd. You can also get The Missing Link Lost and The Missing Link Found albums. they got a, a little bit of a, of a connection there, a little bit of a concept album. Both of them were released this year. All are available at iTunes and on Amazon. And hey... If you get them on Amazon, please use the Talk is Jericho links to do it. You can support AICP and TIJ at the same time. Just go to Podcast One. Click on the Support or Show Sponsors banner at the top of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. All my Amazon links are right there. Once again, pick up the new ICP album on October 2nd, The Marvelous Missing Link, The Outtakes. Pick up Book of Souls by Iron Maiden, Repentless by Slayer, Kiss Alive. Go get some music, man. Go listen to some music. Pick up some vinyl. Actually, put the vinyl in your hands and put it down on the record. Put the needle on the record. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Put the needle on the record. Uh, 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 uh. Put the needle on the record. You can do that if you buy vinyl. Go do it and do it all through uh, my Talk is Jericho Amazon links. And don't forget the fall leg of ICP's Marvelous Missing Link Tour kicks off November 2nd in Pittsburgh. I believe that's with uh, uh, POD. POD, man, payable on death. Good group of guys. That's a good bill. ICP, POD on TIJ. Sounds good to me. Go check that out November 2nd starting in Pittsburgh. You can find all those dates online. Speaking of dates, online, WWE, Y2J, fall tour underway. Next stop this Friday, September 25th in Toronto, 26 Rochester, 27 Syracuse, October 2nd, Trenton, October 3rd, live on the WWE Network from Madison Square Garden. It's Y2J versus Kevin Owens in Y2J, Chris Jericho's 25th wrestling anniversary. My first match was October 3rd, 1990, Pinocchio, Alberta, all the way October 3rd, 2015, Madison Square Garden. I can't believe it. That's a long time, man. I've been doing this for you for a long time. I hope you like it. 
uh, Saudi Arabia coming to visit you for the first time, October 8th, 9th, and 10th. Mexico returning to the land of uh, where I started out, Merida, 16, Mexico City, Mexico DFA on the 17th, 18 of Monterey, where it all started for me in Mexico. Then October 30th, the Kiss Navy, Kiss Cruise, Fozzie, Kiss, Steel Panther, Lita Ford, that is sold out, but we want to see you there. If you bought tickets, it's going to be so great. After that, Cinderblock Party, back to the UK and Europe with Nonpoint, Sumo Psycho. Go to FozzyRock.com for all ticket information, all VIP information. It's going to be a great tour. Come spend your, the, the remainder of your holidays with us. We're going to be everywhere, France, Luxembourg, Germany, Austria, England, Wales, You'll find them dates at FozzyRock.com. Don't forget the big show in London on November 26th at the Islington Academy. You need to be there, man. You need to be there to support us, man. <laughs> and last but not least, thanks to all you guys for listening to the show twice a week. Thanks to the sponsors who keep it for free, including Recovery Max. Order it now at drugstore.com. DraftKings, use my promo code Y2J to play for free. SeatGeek, use my promo code ChrisJ to get a $20 rebate off your first order. Invoice to go, use my promo code Y2J to get invoice to go for as little as nine nine ninety a year. Burger King, Uber, and of course, Amazon once again. Go to podcast1.com, click on the supporter show sponsors banner at the top of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. We've got links at Amazon USA, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada A. That's a lot of shilling. Thanks for being here. I'm going to tell you right now who's going to be here on Friday. No more messing around. New movie coming out, The Green Inferno. Have you seen the previews for this? Looks insane. Looks absolutely insane, terrifying. And the guy behind this terrifying movie, one of my favorite people on the planet, Eli Roth, returns to talk about the amazing story of the Green Inferno. We're going to talk about Sleepaway Camp 2. We're going to talk about a lot of different stuff. I love Eli. You love Eli. 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 We all scream for Eli. Stay hard. Stay cool. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And we're going to say, yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. 